Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Some of the thoughts I had as I was looking um, through the scripture over the past couple of weeks um, was, you know, what hinders us? What stops us from being um, used by the Lord as Christians? What can be a problem in our life? And, you know, each person's different and each challenge they face is different and problems are not all the same. We've been in a time these last couple of years where the whole world kind of has been turned upside down and we've had to readjust and do all these things and, you know, it can be very discouraging. But what hinders a believer from being used? And I thought just off the top of my head, some of the things I wrote down is because of your past. Uh, Perhaps you've come out of... uh, big problems in your life, wrong relationships, substance, um, abuse and, you know, sin that you've been involved with, failures, anxieties, sicknesses, weaknesses that you have in your lives, things that you struggle with, um, trust issues, you know, so it's, there's a lot of things that can that can hinder a Christian's purpose, a Christian's walk. And I want to look, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 9. And we will pray before I read this because I need the Lord's help this morning. Acts chapter 9. But just pray, pray with me for one second. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for today. We just thank you for each one that could come along this morning. Uh, But Lord, I just pray right now that you would just send your Holy Spirit to help me, Lord God. Help me to be calm. Help me to be clear. Uh, Lord, we pray that that you would be seen today and that people would be encouraged um, through your word. And I pray, Lord God, that only you would be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 9 and verses 1 through 18, it sounds like a lot. It's not that long. Um, If you just follow along as I read it this morning. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly... A light from heaven shone round about him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do. The men who were travelling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. 
Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered to the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptised and taking food, he was strengthened. And so it's a very familiar passage to us believers, you know, if we've been a Christian for any length of time, we will have heard that story, you know, and I'm, for all I know, it could have been preached on in the last 12 months, I don't know, but it's a familiar story and it's an amazing story and we see the miracle of Saul's conversion and how he was, you know, from where he was, how God revealed himself to Saul for his conversion. And we go, that, wow, that's a miracle. But you know what? It's no less of a miracle from me getting saved or from you getting saved. It is an absolute miracle that God reveals himself to people that they might know him and love him and put their trust in him. And, oh, man, if you've never experienced that, please don't go away from here today without speaking to me or someone else in the church um, regarding that. So we see the miracle of Saul's salvation. You know, I was wondering, you know, Christ must have a sense of humour. God must have a sense of humour, how he, you know, how he chooses people. And I was thinking, you know, if they had the AGM up there in heaven and they're gathering around and, and, and the Lord Jesus said, I need someone. I need someone who I can send out and, um, and do a, a lot of work, who can handle being persecuted, who can, who can get shipwrecked, who can do all these things. I need someone like that. And I wonder whether the angels, you know, in their toing and froing, I'm not sure that this is exactly, you get my picture, and the Lord Jesus says, I'm going to use Saul. And I'm wondering if, you know, they've choked on their drink or, you know, what would have happened had they have had that meeting. Because in our mind, it wouldn't have been the person that we would choose. But God chooses all sorts of people with all sorts of experiences and all sorts of problems. And so... Um, you know, if you've ever been to a, a, a job interview and, 
you know, you go to the job interview and it didn't go well, it may have been that you're overqualified. It may have been that you're underqualified. It may have been that you're too young, too old. There's all these things that hinders us um, when we go for job interviews, but not so with God. God has a purpose for everyone. And so we see those two things, how Saul um, was really persecuting the church, how he was doing everything within his power and even within the law to stop people from worshipping Jesus. And God had a different plan for him. What about other people? You know, we look, if we read through the Old Testament, we see all sorts of different people, all sorts of different characters. And, um, you know, look, I look at Moses. If you read the story of Moses, you will see that he was a, a man that had problems. He, you know, it's, it says he couldn't speak well. Well, that's one of the excuses he gave. I don't know whether that was because, you know, Egyptian was his first language and Hebrew might have been second or whether he had a lisp or, or whatever the problem was. He said, no, nah, Lord, you can't use me because I can't talk well. But not only that, he ran away from home because he killed a man. You know, he was a murderer. And God used him. In fact, I think it says even that he was the meekest man that ever lived. God used David. David started life really as a nobody, a shepherd, out tending the sheep. He was anointed by God. God chose him. And then he was lifted up. God put him in place. But he was a man full of problems. He cheated. He murdered he dribbled in his beard. You know, he was a man with problems. And what did God do? God used him in a mighty way to reach people. What about Jonah? Oh, I can't skip this one. He's a bit of a favourite character of mine. Uh, while, we're, while we're talking about Jonah, let's find it in our Bibles. Jonah chapter 4. Uh, It's hard for me to find. I can't even find it. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Okay, I'm close. There we are. I had to borrow an ESV. And it's, it, I've always used King James. I had to borrow an ESV. And James, I don't know how you can read this. The print... <sighs> Man, alive. <laughs> so I went and got some thicker glasses this week. <laughs> but Jonah was a man of problems. He did not even want to do God's work. He was a racist, you know, and there's reasons for that. I mean, I think if you look up the history and try and understand it, I think that, the, that Nineveh, you know, was oppressing Israel 
Nevertheless, Jonah did everything within his power not to work for God. He didn't, he didn't want to be used and you, you know he got swallowed by the big fish. He prayed, he repented. You know, there was a whole lot of, um, there was a whole lot of revival before he even got to Nineveh. You know, those guys on the ship that were with him believed and then, you know, he had to get revival in his life to get out and do God's work. But let's look at chapter 4 and see Jonah's attitude. It says here, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. This is after Nineveh had turned their heart to God. And he was angry and he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there and he sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become the city. Now the Lord God had appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant but when dawn came up the next day God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labour, nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. And so we read in the end, honestly, I struggle to understand how, how... Jonah could have gone into a city and seen a city completely turn themselves to God and be angry about it. You know, like, if I could reach one person and change their life for Christ, I'd be happy. And here's a man who's reached hundreds of thousands of people and he's not happy. I trust that's not it my attitude I I trust that's not your attitude as we go about seeking to know God's will and doing his will in our lives but what about Ananias if we look back in chapter 9 of Acts we can see that Ananias had a bit of a struggle And you can see where I'm going. Like, if you look at some of the things that hinder us, not only can it be our past problems, but it can be our present attitude. 
And, you know, so Jonah, while God still used him, he did need help with his attitude at the very least. So Acts chapter 9, we read about Ananias, and he's a great character. Um, And verse 13, I'll just find that. It says, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And so you can see Ananias had reservations about going to minister to um, Saul. And, you know, he had a, had a trust problem there. And isn't that true, like for us, that we can sometimes have an attitude like, you know, I appreciate you're a believer and everything, but I don't really think God is going to use you. You just... You're going to heaven and I'm happy for you, but, you know, I don't think he's got any anything more for you. That's not true. It's absolutely not true. And I think, Doug, this morning, he talked about the hope of God's promise in Hebrews. And I assure you that it's not like, you know, some hope, I hope it's not going to rain because I'm getting married on Saturday. It's a blessed hope. It's a special hope. And there is no doubt about God's hope. And so um, we, can, we need to check our attitude um, and, and make sure that we haven't gotten spiritual pride in our lives so that we think we're the master of someone else's Christian walk or, you know, hinder their walk. And we know that God spoke to Ananias and said I've chosen this person if we keep reading it says in here but the Lord said unto him that's Ananias go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name And we see there that Saul, once a a murderer, once a hindrance to the gospel, gospel, once a, um, a persecutor of the church, God chose him and made him an instrument for his righteousness and an instrument that would further the gospel. And, you know, you read so much of the New Testament and it was from Paul. Um, 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. And who wrote that? It was Paul. And so we see that he knew where he'd come from. And perhaps God used him in that way because of his background he just knew that saving power and it was, it was such a, um, a blessing to people's lives and a challenge to churches and different things. But I guess now is how do I move forward? How do I put things in place to have that spiritual success in my life? And the first thing is 
if we look at Romans 8.28, and this is kind of, I guess, the key verse for me, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. The first thing that we can do is trust God's word and believe his promise for our life. If we do that, we're well on the track to knowing and doing God's will in our life. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And so we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful in our attendance. We need to be faithful in our fellowship. We need to be faithful in obeying God's word and showing love to the brethren. The Bible puts a lot of emphasis on that. And it says, by the way you love each other as believers is a testimony for the world that they may know Christ. And that is a big part of our testimony. So we need to love one another. We need to be faithful in our prayer and faithful in our devotions. And just before I close, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And another translation might say, um, study to show thyself approved to God. But it's, it's, it's talking about God's word. If you're never in his word, if you don't read his word and study it and try to understand it, let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you, then you're not going to have that success in your life. And so it's important that we're in the word. There are three things that we can hold to and you know, it's a start. So let's pray before Jim comes up and, and leads us in communion. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for um, the the heroes of the Bible, Lord God, that we can uh, look to their success, Lord. But not only that, but we can look from where they came from, Lord God, and the things that happened in their lives. Lord, there's there's something for each of us to to understand and to and to um, Lord to be in alignment with I guess we pray Lord that you would just minister to each one today and we ask Lord for your blessing on the word again in Jesus name Amen We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today, if you have any questions or comments from today's talk please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au Also we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person so consider yourself invited to be with us 